1: WTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, Intelligent Radio.
2: With SRM News, I'm Jason Walker. Authorities say a man drove his car into a barrier at the U.S. Capitol this morning. As the vehicle caught fire, the man got out and then fired several shots into the air. As officers approached the man, he then fatally shot himself. Good news at the gas pumps average price of regular grade falling 45 cents in the last three weeks. Now at 410 a gallon, that is down one dollar over the last nine weeks. However, it's still 85 cents higher than at this time one year ago. The highest average 536 in San Francisco, lowest in Louisiana at 338. Forty one people have been killed as fire ripped through a Coptic Orthodox Church that during morning services in Egypt. This is SRN News.
1: Hugh Hewitt lays out the president's record. He doubled the size of the
3: IRS as of yesterday, but they spent one point nine on the American Recovery Act that was unnecessary, five hundred and fifty billion in infrastructure, two hundred and eighty billion on the CHIPS Act, and seven hundred billion this weekend. So are you better off with a IRS that's double the size and 9.1% inflation?
1: The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 5 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio.
2: More of The Closer, Brad Carlson, coming up on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. The best weekend programming and talk radio. You're going to find it right here at AM 1280, Patriot. I want to remind you, you can text us now by way of the app, AM1280, The Patriot's app. Just click on text on the bottom menu bar and let us know what's on your mind. This is AM1280, The Patriot. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
1: Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network.
4: Brad Carlson. And 1280 Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with our number two of the broadcast we like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take a phone call, 651 289 4488 You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow, that's hashtag N-A-R-N-Show for comments or questions. And if you'd like to follow us along at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page, feel free to do so. Just go to Facebook.com, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and give us a like or a follow if you haven't done so already. And we do have our live stream up and running at our NARN Facebook page, so you can leave a comment or question on that thread as well. And however you are listening to today's broadcast, we uh, definitely appreciate it. Uh, Folks, we uh, like to uh, take a little pivot now, and uh, you know me, I'm a sports fan. I like talking sports occasionally when uh, the situation allows. So uh, we are honored to welcome at this time to the broadcast uh, Fred Siegel. If you are uh, prolific on Twitter and follow sports on Twitter, you uh, undoubtedly are familiar with the Freezing Cold Takes Twitter account. That is essentially a Twitter account that uh, takes uh, sporting events and someone who put forth a hot take and uh, when the hot take true turns out to be eh, not all that close to the mark, uh, old takes exposed is the uh, Twitter handle. They will uh, retweet it or maybe uh, add on to a comment or uh, add on a comment, what have you. Well, Fred Siegel, the proprietor of that uh, Twitter account, has written a book. Yeah, there are some stories behind some of these uh, hot takes, so to speak, that are worthy of a book, and in the book is entitled Freezing Cold Takes – NFL football media's most inaccurate predictions and the fascinating stories behind them. Now, uh, you folks here who are Vikings fans uh, may be interested in one in particular that we'll probably get into a little bit uh, with the aforementioned uh, Fred Siegel. Uh, Fred, honored to have you on the broadcast today, sir. How are you?
5: Great. Thanks for having me on.
4: We appreciate the time, sir. Uh, I guess let's uh, we'll get to the book a little bit, but I guess uh, more specifically I want to talk uh, about the uh Twitter account. Was there a tweet or a hot take in particular, Fred Siegel, that inspired you to uh start what is uh in my mind become a national sports phenomenon?
5: Actually, it was it wasn't a hot take. It was uh media, sports media, uh reposting their accurate predictions on Twitter and okay. and putting self congratulatory messages to themselves. And I would look and I was like, This guy's always wrong. Guy. <laughs> so I said to myself, I <laughs> I said, well, someone needs to be a counter to that. They need to be the person who posts the b- tweets and quotes where some of those same media people turned out to be wrong, dead wrong. And I guess I just became that person. And it became big pretty quickly because I guess there was an appetite among sports fans for something like that on Twitter. Well, what's funny
4: about these is you get some of these, you know, some of these media guys are, are, are pretty pompous. I, I imagine they may they may block you or mute your account, but I love the guys who when they put forth a hot take, you call it a bold prediction, call it whatever you like, they actually tag old takes exposed in the tweets, say, hey, little self-check here, I'm going on a limb. So I I love those guys, Fred Siegel. (laughs)
5: Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them do that, and um, they make sure to know, yeah, I'm going on a limb here, right, exactly. And some of them just don't uh, like it when they post something, and then 50 people tag me to save it. (laughs) <laughs> they don't like that. They don't like that at all. They're so uh, I, I think sometimes some of those people that you discuss think that they're like more important than they are. They're 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 sports journalists, and sports is an entertainment thing. And um, I just think that they take sometimes can take themselves a little too seriously.
4: Now, I don't know if you uh, have kind of like an, an, an awards like the ESPYs or the Emmys or the Oscars or whatnot, <laughs> but I think if there were ever to be Lifetime Achievement w- Awards, it'd probably be, have to be named after what, Colin Coward or Skip Bayless? Is that accurate assessment, Fred Siegel? Or, is-
5: <laughs> or uh, Mike Francesa? Yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, those guys those guys are uh, pro- very pro- prominently featured on my feed a lot, but I, I think also... What has, what allows me to use them a lot is the fact that they are, um, their, their social media team are very, uh, they have a big social media team, very active in posting whatever they say on their radio shows. So I can imagine if you, if you had an active social media team writing 10 of your quotes every single time you had your show,
0: yeah.
5: people would be able to find those a lot easier instead of having to like listen to your show and like take the clip out.
4: I know that occasionally there are occasions where uh, you'll also delve into um, freezing cold takes that don't apply to sports. I know, I mean, there could be a ton of them in politics. I know that you – I don't know if it's strategic or not, Fred Siegel. You don't get overly political, and that's fine. Uh, there are plenty of those out there. But there was one in particular, I think the one to me that was most heartbreaking, and I could tell you were probably hesitant to point it out, was pointing – posting the cover of People magazine celebrating Betty White's 100th birthday. Oh, yeah. Just heartbreaking, Fred Siegel. <laughs> oh, my God.
5: I can't even tell you how many people <laughs> tagged me to that. I mean, like, it was like, well, I think something, yeah, it was something along the line to of going to be 100. Yeah. And and it, it hadn't happened yet. And um, she, in between the period of time when the magazine article came out and she uh, passed away, she hadn't; her birthday had not come up, and yeah. somebody and, and I was tagged by about a million people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it was—I had to address it somehow. But I, yeah, I don't like doing stuff about death, um, and and other things people like to get into that. Right. Sometimes are, but I don't really get into it too much, or things just related to stuff that's very tragic that I don't. Whether it's uh, whether you know, like a lot of these issues that arise like the the individual the the foolish individual in for the uh Raiders who um who got into that DUI.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah,
5: yeah, and and then and then everybody was like trying to send me all the things about him that same player uh talking about how he's a great driver, things like that. Mm, you know, it's just yeah. It's just it's just not you know, I, you don't need to be I don't get into that. No, I don't get into that. But uh uh yeah, so that's uh that 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 type of stuff I get into I did no politics I don't do it to, I do it I don't do it because yeah it's somewhat too strategic and I don't like it I don't like the people who get under my feed some of the people who they get really they get really intense and I'm just I don't have the capacity to deal with that especially with my knowledge of politics too but a lot of this stuff is very political in 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 the way that some of these reporters give their take sure. Just plain sports takes, and that's fine. I'll use that.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Again, we're talking. Yeah. we're talking with uh, Fred Siegel again. He uh, his uh, recent book that came out, "Freezing Cold Takes," uh, football media's most inaccurate predictions and the fascinating stories behind them. Obviously, Fred, we're not going to give the whole book away, but there are a couple of chapters that I, I at least wanted to uh, uh, to go over with you. And of course, uh, the very first chapter, and I don't know if it's in if it's in any particular order or not, but this may be probably one of the uh, coldest takes ever a uh, sports column is shortly after the New England Patriots hired Bill Belichick. Uh, the, I think the quote was the Patriots will regret hiring Bill Belichick. <laughs> uh, he who went to nine Super Bowls, winning six of them. Do you remember who the specific columnist was that uh, penned that? Yes. Uh, yes his name was Ian O'Connor. He was at,
5: uh, at the time he was doing he was at a, a daily at in Westchester County. I think the Westchester daily news in New York, but then he eventually became a writer for the New York times. And, um, uh, it, ironically, he wrote a book on like Belichick, how he was the greatest coach of all time. Like, it came out in 2018. Okay. So, I mean, like, he went full circle. But at that time, yeah, he, but he's the fall guy because there's a headline. There's someone found the headline to that article, and it's constantly posted year after year. So, O'Connor is really the fall guy for a lot of people who had that opinion during that time. And if you read my book, you'd see in the first chapter that there are so many people who thought the same thing he did because Belichick was, um, you know, first of all, Belichick, not really friendly with the media. So he's an easy guy to attack. Right. And he um, he just had left the jet after being the head coach for one day. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So for three weeks, he had to. Before he signed with the Patriots, he was trying to extricate himself out of his Jets contract, and then during those three weeks he was slammed by the media, and then afterwards he was also slammed after he was hired by the Patriots. So it was just a big, big, big free-for-all on Bill Belichick. Now, have
4: you ever uh, heard from the columnist personally uh, whose uh, column was affixed to that headline?
5: Some of them I actually was able to speak with for the book. But uh, that guy, no. But he... He um, he had talked to somebody when he was promoting his book in the Boston Globe, so I used those quotes from him. But he he accepts it obviously because he's writing an article. He's writing a whole book on how Belichick's the greatest. He obviously has to admit he was wrong there.
4: <laughs> yeah, obviously. As I mean, you can you can put forth a, a prediction or a perspective, and then obviously as evidence contradicts it. I mean, there are. Yeah. I well, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Are there ever guys that put forth such an awful wrong? Horrible take, and it's thrown back at them. Uh, do they ever do the Skip Bayless and are defiant and just double down on it? Fred Siegel, have you come across anybody like yes. that?
5: Yes, a lot of them do that. Now, I mean, of, okay. I can't think of that my head right off the top of my head, but the, but they all a lot of them will argue why um, it doesn't. It's not. Uh, it, it's not so. It wasn't so bad of a take then. It's still not. It didn't age poorly at all. And a lot of it has to do with they'll throw out statistics. Okay. Some sort of statistics, and um, or in baseball, you'll see it in baseball. They'll put some sort of stat that I've never heard of, which uh, which totally proves their point. And it was <laughs> a player that they said was bad was still right. bad, even though the player is really good. So stuff like that happens a lot, and they just try to defend themselves because that's what they do. I mean, like a lot of the media does not want to be wrong, um, or they just ignore it and ignore that they ever said it at all. Uh, Or some of them will just say, well, you know, sometimes we get a few wrong. Everyone gets some wrong. So, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We are (laughs) enjoying our conversation
4: with Fred Siegel again. He's the proprietor of the Freezing Cold Takes Twitter account. Their Twitter handle is Old Takes Exposed. Again, looking back at takes from uh, months or maybe even years past and reposting them as it comes to fruition that they haven't aged uh, very well. And, again, we're talking about his book, Freezing Cold Takes, football media's most inaccurate predictions and the fascinating stories behind them. Uh, Fred, we need to take a quick break. Any chance you can hold for just one final segment with us? Sure. Okay, Fred Siegel will be back with another segment for us. And If you have a comment, question for Fred or uh, commendation or condemnation of his work, feel free. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, the Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere of the river, you stopping, you hold everything.
1: A band is blowing, Dixie, double fall time. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon, we're where you are. Stream AM-1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
0: Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me.
6: Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association at this station. Catch up on the latest news and information affecting
1: Minnesota's great outdoors with Outdoor News Radio. We talk hunting, fishing, and natural resources in the great state of Minnesota every Sunday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. Joining me, Rob line our guest-like bow hunting expert, Tony Peterson. Professional anglers like Tackle Terry Tuma and Tim Lesmeister. And nature gurus like the bird chick, Sharon Stahler. Join us for Outdoor News Radio. Every Sunday morning at 8 on our sister station, Freedom 1570.
2: Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted each year. Help police by not escalating. Address any complaints after the encounter. Comply now, complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. Learn more at nationalpolice.org. Hey, welcome
4: back. I'm 1280 the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me Brad Carlson. Thanks so much for tuning in. 651-289-4488, four, four, eight, eight. that is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And feel free to check us out on Facebook. Just go to the Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. And we do have the live stream up and running, so feel free to leave a comment or question there if you so desire. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Continuing our discussion with uh, Fred Siegel, again, he the proprietor of the Freezing Cold Takes Twitter account that takes uh, mostly the vast majority of sports takes and uh, repackages them when, say, a few years down the road, they didn't quite age as well as uh, the uh, original poster had liked. And he has uh, got a new book out, uh, Freezing Cold Takes, Football Media's Most Inaccurate Predictions, and the fascinating stories behind them. Fred, I do want to get to another chapter on the book here in a little bit, but before I do that, uh, just one other question about the uh, Twitter account. Now, have you ever, uh, say, posted something on there that didn't age very well and say, okay, yeah, this didn't age well at all, and then say maybe a year or two it came back around and it actually did age well, and I imagine you probably get an avalanche of criticism for that. I mean, is there ever a specific
5: incident where that took place? (laughs) it happens a lot. And it doesn't just happen, like, it one, one of the most frequent times that happens is during a game. Okay. So, like, a team goes up 21 nothing, uh, and then I'm getting po- tagged to all the things about how that team was going to lose. Like, the, the, the team that's up 21 nothing is going to lose, and then I post those, and then that team actually turns out and blows the game and loses. <laughs> okay. <yeah. laughs> so that, <laughs> that happens a lot, but it does happen sometimes. It happens because people are very quick to to, to to try to send me things validating or or dis- discrediting someone's take, and I've gotten better at kind of noticing it and saving it. But like during the NFL season, if a team gets out to two and zero, that was supposed to be bad. Like with the Browns are like supposed to be bad this year. The quarterback's in flux, and yeah. all this stuff's going on with them. So. If the Browns start two and zero, I'll get a million Browns fans sending me all these predictions how the Browns are going to be bad. Right. But uh, like, I'm not going to post that yet. It's the NFL. Sure. In, uh, <laughs> there's 17 games. Like so, so that's the type of stuff I'll get.
4: I can't imagine the barrage of tweets and notifications and whatnot you were getting uh, during the Patriots Falcons Super Bowl. The, oh,
5: yeah. I mean, yeah. what was that like? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I was getting, I, well, I was first, I was getting so many about how the Patriots are definitely going to win the game. Right. And a lot of stuff about Tom Brady, uh, being, this being the end for him, and a lot of stuff about whether they should put in that the backup at the time with Garoppolo. Yep. And uh, they should put him in. Um, so a lot of that stuff. And then that went to – but I, I saved it because I was doing – I was kind of I, – I had that I had that happen to me a lot. I didn't want it to happen during the Super Bowl. So I was saving all those. And then it turned out to flip around. And then I got a boatload of people just sending me all the ones that people were making fun of the Patriots for during the course of the game, especially at halftime. So that was great. That was a great game
4: for that. Just a great game for that. Oh yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, I was. I was actually. I think watching a lot of those in in real time too. How it quickly flipped around and yeah. everything. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, it was. It was. It was something to watch. That's for sure. Well, I suppose we get. We can get to it. Um, Fred, I don't know if you were aware, we're we're in Minnesota, so obviously there's a right, specific chapter. Uh, The Vikings fleeced the Cowboys to get Herschel Walker. Yeah, I remember that very well. Uh, It was like five players, and there were conditional draft picks attached to it. And, of course, the Cowboys weren't going to cut decent players to take draft picks, would they? Well, yeah, Yeah. they did that, too. And uh, I will say this. I remember that uh, specifically. I know you talk a little bit about it in the book. Herschel Walker's very first game with the Vikings. Uh, He ran for 148 yards against the hated Packers. The Vikings crushed the Packers. They already had one of the top defenses in the NFL, and it's like, oh, here we go. Turns out we were only one piece away from the Super Bowl. Uh, Didn't quite work out that way, but I will say – uh, there was not a Doubting Thomas here in Minnesota after that first game. And conversely, oh, yeah. I remember, I think ESPN played some call-ins from, to a Dallas sports talk show, and Dallas Cowboy fans were I, enraged. It's like, the only credible player we have on this roster, and you get rid of him. And uh, just a buffet of uh, cold takes on that one, Fred Siegel. <laughs>
5: yeah, because, well, uh, of course, all the draft picks that Jimmy Johnson got from that, he turned it into, like, the dynasty that the Cowboys was in the 90s. But at that time, what Jimmy Johnson was doing, which is very prevalent now, especially in the NBA, is he was just tanking. Yeah. And nobody could understand that. They were 0-5 already, and then he traded away the best player. They were terrible. And um, and, and then the Vikings gave up. The, 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 the general manager for the Vikings' his name was Mike Lynn. Yep. He, he, was, he was on his last leg there. Yeah. like near his last leg, and he was about to get, uh, you know, pushed out. And I guess he was like, kind of like a politician who just does all these desperate, desperate things that don't really fit to try, to try to do one last grasp to save his, uh, his seat. So um, so what, what he did was he traded for Herschel Walker, but the problem was is that Herschel Walker didn't fit the Vikings' offense. Correct. Just like he didn't fit the Cowboys' offense with Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson wanted more finesse running back when he, had, when he eventually got with Emmett Smith. And the Vikings were using two running backs in their backfield, um, split out, and trying to have one of those speed finesse guys. And that's how their plays work. And then they had to move to the eye because Herschel only ran out of the I formation. Right. And eventually they stopped doing it. They only ran it when he came. They tried to change their offense to the eye formation, but it wasn't really, they weren't comfortable with it. So then eventually he got less and less carries. So it really wasn't fair to Herschel either um, because he got just diminished. His role diminished quickly in Minnesota, and it was just wasn't a great fit. He wasn't a great fit for the Vikings at all, but the general manager was so desperate he tried to do that without even thinking about that. Yeah,
4: and you're exactly right. He was uh, Mike Lynn was pretty much on his last leg. I remember after that season it was viewed as a, uh, a woefully underachieving season, and, of course, because they mortgaged a lot of their future to get Herschel Walker, who just after that first game, he had a couple of decent subsequent games and then just completely fell off the map. Uh, yeah. I remember the following year, the off season, and I don't know if you know this story, uh, Mike Lynn, because there was so much dissension and, uh, amongst the team and bitterness and whatnot, he decided to accompany the team down to Pecos River, where it was kind of an obstacle course where they would basically to build trust with each other. And right. do all this kind of stuff. Walk a walk over tight ropes over the river, or all this kind of all the crazy stops he tried to pull out to try to bring the team together and unified. <laughs> and then the following year, they went six and ten, and it was that was it. That was that done was over. For yeah, <laughs>
5: and so yeah, yeah. That's funny. I didn't hear about that, but yeah. I mean, if you don't, if you not you're not winning, all your obstacle courses could uh, that won't matter. I mean. And play, some of the players were upset when they made the Walker trade before that first game. It didn't get it. I mean, I guess they must have understood. But, uh, you know, Jerry Burns had his famous rant by the end of that season. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, that was
4: that season, too. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And, and I think uh, – um, yeah, I, I remember the opening press conferences, like uh, he said to, said about Herschel Walker, he says, I want to see this jersey cross the end zone, you know, about uh, 10 times a game. And he said, well, we would have taken 10 during the season <laughs> at that rate. Right. It just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, to Denny Green's everlasting credit, when he took over in 1992, he finally just said, let's just cut bait on this and just start anew, and yeah. and they did. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, Dallas, they used all those draft picks, and they became a really good team, a playoff team, but it, what finally put them over the top is when they made the trade uh, for Charles Haley. I don't know if you have any freezing cold takes about, right. about that one, but uh, Charles Haley was the one I think that finally put them over the top, Fred Siegel.
5: Well, no. everyone knew that Charles Haley, there were no bad things about the Charles Haley trade because Charles Haley, it was all because of, uh, um, he didn't get along with, with the coach George Seifert in San Francisco. They had to get rid of him. Uh, and, uh, I don't think anyone in San Francisco is happy about it either. Haley hated Steve Young too. Um, he hated him. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not, he's not, he's not shy about that one, but, uh, yeah, so it, it, it was uh, – I have a chapter on the 49ers, too, and the Steve Young-Joe Montana rivalry, which we'll never see anything like that ever again in football right. because you can't have two great quarterbacks right. on your team for five years. Oh yeah, You can only have it for about one year, and then, then the new quarterback will sign for a free agency with someone. You have to choose between them. But uh, there was no free agency then. But, yeah, that, that chapter on the Cowboys is a lot of great stuff. And the Herschel Walker trade, after the trade and after that game, it was Herschel Mania. Oh yeah, I mean, everything was Herschel. Uh, and then during the game, they showed Chuck Foreman at the time, who was the leading the the, the Vikings' leading rusher of all time mm-hmm. at that time. I think Adrian Peterson's way ahead of him now, but yeah. Uh, but but they showed Chuck Chuck Foreman in the audience. He was at the game, sitting with his family, and Vern Lundquist was calling the game for CBS, and he said, he said, "There's Chuck Foreman." Until today the best Vikings running back there's ever been. <laughs> wow. And I'll tell you uh
4: those Vi- I mean those Vikings fans myself included we were drinking the Kool-Aid. We were we were probably yeah. jumping up and saying, "Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, there's a future yeah. right there." I mean, Herschel was only I think 27 at the time. It wasn't like he was old past well past his prime. He was late 20s, which and you know, he hadn't had a lot of time in the NFL cuz he'd spent his first few years in the USFL, I- so but uh yeah, it was, a, it was a fascinating thing to behold. And like I say, we were all drinking the purple Kool-Aid, I, I can guarantee. Anybody who says they weren't is lying. So, oh, yeah, game.
5: after that game. And it was uh, the, the news guy was like, this guy was one of the most satisfying games I've ever been to." Oh, yeah. But like <laughs> <time. laughs> like, whenever the news channel, the, the the news story, I was able to find it uh, on, on uh, the archive, the news story from that. So, yeah, it was great. Uh, the, that Herschel thing was just um, – Nobody understood what Jimmy Johnson was doing. Only he understood that. Yeah. And uh, and it was, it was this great move there. And, and it will define his career as a coach, too.
4: Yeah, they called it the – someone said, way oh, it's a great train robbery, and Jimmy Johnson kind of said, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for us. So, once again, we've been joined by Fred Siegel. Freezing Cold Takes is the name of the book. Football media's most inaccurate predictions and the fascinating stories behind them. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, that is for certain. Fred. Honored to be joined by you today, sir. Thanks for the time and the insights, and uh, have yourself a great rest of the weekend. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
1: The roar of our engines, the pump of our heartbeats, the pedal to our metal, the sparks that ignite us, the pistons that push us, the passions that drive us. From the feelings that move us to the places that pull us on the roads that unite us. With nearly 6,000 stores and over 17,000 auto care centers, NAPA has America's largest network of parts and care. Here to keep you firing on
7: all cylinders. with Mike Hilborn, owner of Roof to Deck Restoration, the experts at cleaning and maintaining decks and fences. Mike, cleaning, staining, and restoring a wood deck correctly takes knowledge and experience. Tell people how Roof to Deck can help.
1: Dennis, as you know, we have a five-step cleaning and staining process. First, we apply a wood cleaner. Second, we wash the deck with low pressure. Because wood is soft, low pressure is very important. Next, we apply a neutralizer to brighten the wood. Then we let the wood dry. When we return, we use a moisture meter to test the wood to make sure it is dry. Finally, we seal the deck by hand. We do not use sprayers. What if it rains? Well, unlike the homeowner who is forced to do it on the weekend, we wait for dry weather, which means you get great results. Learn more by watching some of our
7: videos at Rooftodeck.com. That's Rooftodeck.com. For a free quote, call 651-699-3504. Call now through Thursday and receive $100 off your project of $1,000 or more.
4: Hey, welcome back AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio She's Network blood,
1: This
4: is me, Brad Carlson, thanks for and tuning in
1: top, so
4: 651-289-4488, that is the number to call You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow
7: That's hashtag NARNShow
4: Narn 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 Narn. Show for any comments or questions And as always, we appreciate you tuning in Also, you can go to our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page as we have the live stream up and going, so you can wave at the camera like I'm doing right now.
1: You can
4: also leave a comment or question on our uh, comment thread under the video, the live stream, at our NARN Facebook page. However you are listening, we uh, definitely appreciate it. I want to uh, get back to another local uh, political story that I didn't have time to get to in the first hour, but I wanted to circle back. Uh, as I've mentioned on this show, you know, I'll I'll donate money. You know, when it comes to political donations, I'll donate money to individual candidates who I'll uh, support for elected office. Uh, there are very few, you know, political action committees, whatnot, that I'll donate my money to. I, I feel like my my money uh you know the uh, discretionary income my wife and i have uh we feel it's better uh for you know, charitable organizations that sort of thing not so much uh political but there is one uh political organization where i consistently donate money in fact it's a monthly uh recurring donation that i send along and it's to the minnesota gun owners caucus i am a uh, Big Second Amendment guy, and you could probably credit our uh, friend and colleague Mitch Berg for that. Mitch Berg here in the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Mitch really uh, piqued my curiosity uh, about the gun rights movement, and uh, I know he had written extensively about it on his blog, Shot in the Dark. Info, and having been a regular reader of Shot in the Dark, probably since about two thousand four, two thousand five, maybe two thousand six, somewhere along time though that time frame. Long time, I'll just say that. Uh, I I really saw that he had a passion and a a knowledge for uh, that particular movement. And as I listened to the Northern Alliance Radio Network, obviously he had a lot of uh, activists on from, uh, you know, Gun owner, Civil Rights Alliance as well as Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus. And I think what really got me into it is, you know, like a lot of people who are gun owners, the first time they ever go shooting and they realize, wow, this is – this is kind of invigorating. I mean, gun's not a toy. Don't don't misunderstand me. I mean, yeah, you can do things for sport with firearms, but you have to be very, very careful of how you approach it. And uh, to me, uh, Mitch has been one of the more knowledgeable people in my life about the gun issue, and that's what really got me into it. And then, like I say, I joined the Gun Owners' Caucus a few years ago, and, and hearing how hostile people became to law-abiding gun owners, particularly in the aftermath of spree killings. I mean, I alluded to the 2011 shooting that uh, uh, critically wounded Congresswoman Gabrielle Giffords of Arizona. That, I think, is what really opened my eyes to how hostile people were to guns and how law-abiding gun owners took the brunt of the verbal abuse in the aftermath of these shootings. And I learned how to best defend against those retorts. I bring that all up to say that I donated to the Gun Owners Caucus because I so much appreciate the work that they put forth, providing legislative updates, uh, providing endorsements of candidates. You know, here's a candidate that will best defend your Second Amendment rights at whatever elected office they're serving, whether it's the Minnesota legislature, whether it's the United States Congress— the governor's office, whomever. Well, this past week, uh, the Gun Owners Caucus put out a statement indicating that they are not going to endorse a candidate in the Minnesota governor's race. Now, I was 100% confident that they were not going to endorse Governor Walls for reelection. I was very confident in that. But they also have declined to endorse Republican gubernatorial candidate Scott Jensen. And here's a statement from the Gun Owners Caucus website. We endorsed then-candidate Scott Jensen for Minnesota Senate in 2016, said Brian Strausser, chairman of Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus. He later betrayed his endorsement pledge by co-sponsoring two gun control bills. While Governor Tim Walls has voiced nothing but disdain for the Second Amendment rights of Minnesotans, our organization must stand by our commitment to our members that Dr. Jensen would not be eligible for future endorsement by our organization, added Strasser. As a senator, Scott Jensen never voted for a gun control bill. He has voiced nothing but support for the Second Amendment in his campaign for governor. At the June 22 MNGOP convention, Dr. Jensen apologized to the delegates for his previous support for gun control and reaffirmed his commitment to signing pro-Second Amendment legislation if it hits his desk as governor. The caucus has put together an informational website about Dr. Jensen's record at scottjensenonguns.com which explains his factual record on gun rights in great detail with links to source documents, audio clips, and videos. Voters will have to decide whether or not to trust Dr. Jensen with their Second Amendment rights, said Strausser. Our letter to Dr. Jensen informing him of our endorsement decision can be viewed on our website at this link. Look, I um, I 100... percent respect uh, brian Strasser again chair of the minnesota gun owners caucus as well as rob Dor, who's the political director at the minnesota gun owners caucus and i consider the two friends i mean we don't hang out a lot or anything like that although brian and i did go to game one of the world series uh, in boston back in 2018 and that was a b- absolute blast fun guy to hang around and, and and hopefully we can do something like that again so brian if you're listening you know Whether it's the Red Sox or whomever, uh, we need to do something like that again, man. So So I consider these guys friends. I have 100% respect for them. And I am still a dedicated and committed member of the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus. I'm not going to say whether I agree or disagree with this. It doesn't matter. What I do 100% admire and respect is their commitment. uh, Because Brian specifically said, We're going to stand by our commitment to our members that Dr. Jensen would not be eligible for future endorsement by our organization. And this stems from the uh, Stoneman Douglas High School shooting from uh, the Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. You remember that shooting where a gunman went in there and killed several students, and that launched the advocacy of someone like um, David Hogg who's on Twitter and gives some of the most vacuous and disingenuous arguments on undermining gun rights. And as a result, Dr. Jensen uh, was photographed with members of gun grabber groups. I don't remember if it was Moms Demand Action or uh, one of the Giffords gun groups. I I don't recall. doesn't really matter. But after that, you know, the Gun Owners Caucus said, you know, we endorsed you. Uh, and they give what they call a provisional endorsement uh, because that means, hey, this person who is running for office, they've never cast a vote because they haven't served elected office. But we endorse them because given their responses on their survey, they will serve the, the well the rights of Second Amendment uh, supporters. And therefore, we endorse them for elected office. But if they don't, if they aren't true to their word, then the Gun Owners Caucus, you know, that's their policy. You can agree with it or disagree, with, but it's their policy. And, of course, you had a lot of Republican voters push back against the gun owners caucus on Twitter, saying, oh, my God, the DFL is going to use this against uh, Dr. Jensen. We haven't won a statewide race in 2006. And it's like, whoa, 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 timeout, timeout, timeout. Who's we? Republicans? Because of the insinuation here is that the Gun Owners Caucus is an extension of the Republican Party, that it's an arm of the Republican Party. Well, that's emphatically false. Because I have been to Gun Owners Caucus gatherings, and there are libertarians, committed independents. There are DFLers who are part of the Gun Owners Caucus. So this is not a Republican group. I would dare say that the majority, you know, I, I don't know this for certain, but if I had to guess, I believe this. The majority of members of the Gun Owners Caucus do support Republican politicians. I I don't know if that's going out on a limb or not. But this idea that they're there just to serve the interests of the Republican Party is not accurate. And again, this shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. This is something that had been touted throughout the process of selecting a gubernatorial candidate for the Republican Party. That's why I supported Michelle Benson. And I know she's gotten high marks from the Gun Owners Caucus in her time as a senator because she's voted, because her voting record has indicated she's very strong on Second Amendment rights. Now, that wasn't the only reason I I, uh, chose Michelle Benson as my preferred gubernatorial candidate. But it certainly helped. And again, I would also dare say that members of the Gun Owners Caucus, I, I couldn't put a percentage on it. But there are members whose concerns transcend gun rights. They're like, look, I can barely afford to put gas in. Our gas prices have gotten better, thankfully. But prices are still high. And no, we did not have zero inflation in in July 2022, Biden administration. No, prices are are still high. We're still struggling to meet basic needs. So the economy is still uh, first and foremost on a lot of people's minds. And my personal opinion, my personal, this is just me, Brad Carlson speaking, I'm still going to vote for Dr. Jensen for governor this November. I respect and understand the Gun Owners Caucus view on this, but they're not telling us, their members, how to vote. They're just saying, hey, here's why we're not endorsing a candidate. So I am going to take Dr. Jensen at his word. If he happens to be elected governor, And we get an all Republican House and the Republicans maintain the Senate. There is going to be a huge push to say, "Okay, time to put up or shut up. Let's pass constitutional carry. Let's pass stand your ground. And those bills were passed by an all Republican legislature before, but vetoed, of course, at the uh, at the executive level by then Governor Dayton. No surprise. But Dr. Jensen if he has an opportunity to pass constitutional carry and stand your ground, then all those people who are mad at the gun owners caucus are welcome to send them emails and jump up and down saying, we told you so, we told you so, we told you so. And you know what? Brian and Robert probably welcome that because guess what? They're big supporters of, no surprise, stand your ground and constitutional carry. But here's my perspective. some me, Some people may say that I'm naive that I'm going to take Governor uh, a, a, Scott, a Governor Jensen at his word, if indeed he's elected governor, that he will sign constitutional carry and stand your ground. And given his track record, I understand why people might think I'm naive. And they may be cynical about Republicans in general, because Republicans always talk a big game, but once they get in power, they seem to play defense an awful lot. But I here's one thing that I can guarantee. There is a non-zero chance that a Governor Scott Jensen would sign into law any pro-gun legislation that passes the legislature. Non-zero. A non-zero chance. What percentage it is, I don't know, but it's non-zero. But what I do know, without a shadow of a doubt, is there is absolutely zero possibility a Governor Walls, were he reelected, would sign into law pro gun legislation. So, from a sta- Second Amendment standpoint, for me, the choice is easy. But again, gun rights aren't my sole concern here going into election season. I have other concerns, some which usurp gun rights, even though you could argue that gun rights are kind of a litmus test for. Other areas, particularly uh, Fourth and Fifth Amendment, uh, First Amendment, the way people go after gun groups and their ability to uh, to collaborate, crowdsource, what have you. So, uh, again, I can't emphasize enough that I respect uh, Brian Strasser and Rob Dorr, the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus. Uh, respect them to the hilt. I'm not going to again. I'm not going to say whether I agree or disagree with the decision. I understand the decision they made, and I will defend them to the hilt from those people who are saying how this is going to be used against governor uh, a potential governor, Jensen, or uh, the gubernatorial candidacy of Scott Jensen anyways. Uh, I'm, I'm going to push back hard because, again, they have one singular focus. They're not saying that he as a governor in other areas would not be solid. They're just saying within the specific area that they are focused upon, gun rights, uh, he's left wanting, and they're sticking by their commitment of how they he's not eligible for future endorsements. So there you have it, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N-Show. Brad Carlson, the Closer, coming back with one final segment on the broadcast. Go Nowhere. All good need, travel and shoes.
5: Drive your problems from here. All
4: If you're
7: considering protecting your retirement with gold or silver, listen up. Mark Davis here, one company I trust for this, Advantage Gold, the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. They've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because they really educate their clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. Call 800-900-8000, 800-900-8000. Talk to one of their experts. They can send you a free gold kit along with a free copy of the Wall Street Journal national bestseller, The Great Devaluation. Number, Or again, 800-900-8000. Don't wait any longer. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. All from Advantage Gold. 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Call Advantage Gold today. 800-900-8000.
1: Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing.
7: Call 800-900-8000. As a constitutional law attorney,
6: former senior legal advisor and personal counsel to President Donald J. Trump, Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And on the Jenna Ellis podcast, she tackles the big cultural and legal issues facing America. Don't miss a single episode of The Jenna Ellis Show. Follow today at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or at SalemPodcastNetwork.com.
0: The power of the Christian education is that our children can make their decisions and their sound decisions, and it just makes them better adults. Hi, I'm Jeff. Hi, I'm Trish, and we're from Oakdale.
5: Jeff and Trish use the half-off tuition program for both of their sons' Christian education. That's half price for the first year of tuition at participating Twin Cities schools.
0: The half-off tuition program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family. Details at TwinCitiesTuitions.com.
5: Frighten someone's day with a free e-card from the largest online Christian greeting card site, CrossCards.com. There's one for every occasion, birthdays, holidays, or just to let someone know you care. CrossCards.com is a division of Salem Media Group.
4: Hey, welcome back. AM 1280 the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. 651-289-4488 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, that's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And we do have our live stream up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network pay- Facebook page. And rolling it to be on for another few minutes anyway, so if you want to hop over the Narn page, that's fine, on Facebook. As I'm closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network Programming, You can check out my friend and colleague, King Banyan, on our sister station, AM 1440. The businessman It is the King Banyan show heard Saturdays, 9 to 11 a.m. Probably the most informative, comprehensive show on economics in the entire country. Did I say the entire country? Yeah, I went there. I'm going to stand by that. And on Saturdays, right here on these very airwaves, AM 1280, The Patriot, is the headliner, Mitch Berg, from 1 to 3. And the new guy, and when we say new guy, 14 months. Jack Tomczak follows Mitch from 3 to 5. And then I close out weekends right here, Sundays, 1 to 3. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Yeah, there's going to be a lot to talk about. Uh, we are less than 90 days to the general election for the midterms 2022. Uh, Republicans, uh, you know, I, I, I'm wondering this. Uh, have Republicans... Are Republicans still in as good a position as they were, say, a few months ago? I'm not convinced that they are. I I still think they'll take the U.S. House. They only need to flip, I think, like five, six seats to take the U.S. House. But the Senate, I'm growing more skeptical every day that they can hang on to the Senate. So if the Republicans lose the U.S., if they don't get the majority in the U.S. House and they can't rest the Senate back, uh, then that's when the Dems are going to go hog wild with their laundry list of agenda items because then they can expand the Supreme Court. You know, well, first they get a, they, they'll be able to break up the filibuster, and then they can expand the Supreme Court, give DC statehood, and then do full, go full, build back better. I mean, this Inflation Reduction Act, which isn't it amazing. When the Inflation Reduction Act passed in the U.S. Senate, they no longer were referring to it, to it as the Re- Inflation Reduction Act; it's a climate bill. Isn't that amazing how that works out? It's almost as if they were obfuscating and kind of relying on the naivete of voters and what they were actually trying to get put forth. Huh. Isn't that amazing? So anyways, we'll be here to cover it all over these uh, next, um, gosh, it's probably about 82, 83 days now till Election Day. It is uh, going to be here before we know it. That's for certain. Well, I do want to get to this item real quick. Uh, we are saddened by the loss of Minnesota State Senator David Thomasoni, he out of Chisholm, he succumbed to amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, or ALS, aka Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, this is from the Star Tribune. Uh, he died on Thursday. He was age sixty-nine. Uh, Thomasoni was diagnosed with ALS in June twenty twenty-one, uh, and after, and he passed away again this past Thursday about ten p.m. Uh, We know we know everyone will miss him terribly, uh, wrote uh, Tomassoni staff wrote in an email to senators and other staff. We are blessed to have visited him just hours before he passed. Uh, He was one of those old school DFLers. Okay, he wasn't going far, far left progressive with the rest of them. Uh, He wasn't exact. He wasn't a staunch. Uh, gun rights guy, but he would defend basic Second Amendment rights. I don't think he was, you know, a uh, firebrand for say stand your ground or constitutional carry, but he definitely would defend the rights of the gun owner, as would be fit a DFL senator up in the gun range. You know, going along with uh, Tom Bach. In fact, Thomasson and Bach, after the 2020 election, not liking the direction the Democrats were going in, they became independents. And left the DFL altogether and caucused with Republicans, even though technically they were independents. So, uh, an incredible legacy. Uh, his selflessness and advocating for ALS research could not save his life, but may save lives of millions who follow in his footsteps. Yeah, there was legislation passed, uh, millions upon millions of dollars to go to ALS research uh, in honor of Senator Thomas One. Uh He will definitely be missed. I never met him personally, but from everyone I know who's met him. Uh, it's an incredible loss to say the least. So, folks, as always, we've enjoyed it. M1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance, Radio Network. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week.
0: The power of the Christian education is that our children can make their decisions and their sound decisions, and it just makes them better adults.
2: Hi, I'm Jeff.
0: Hi, I'm Trish, and we're from Oakdale.
5: Jeff and Trish use the half-off tuition program for both of their sons'
0: Christian education. That's half price for the first year of tuition at participating Twin Cities schools. The half-off tuition program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family. Details at TwinCitiesTuitions.com.
1: AM 1280 the pay